0: Hello and welcome to the Animation Industry Podcast. My name is Terry and I am still doing the Fun Listener Facts. And today's is from Aaron Steink, whose gateway to animation was Mario Paint back in the day. And he's currently working on a middle grade graphic novel for Scholastic about a sixth grader who is obsessed with making her own stop motion films. Um, And that sounds exactly like something that I want to read or would have wanted to read when I was in elementary school, so I'm really excited about that, and it'll be out in 2025. Today, I'm bringing on a good friend of mine who is an independent animator, a filmmaker, a freelance storyboard artist, and director of programming for the Toronto Animated Arts Festival International, that's Taffy Conference and Festival. And he's also just a really chill, Dude and he's got a really great beard and his name is Spencer Moreland and over the years Spencer has worked on projects like Loud House, Pinky Malinky, Miss Persona and DC Superhero Girls and also a whole bunch of independent films including his own and in our chat he shares how he quit the stable studio life even when he was doing really well at it to pursue a freelance career and how that's changed absolutely everything for him. And on top of this, he just released an ultra fun, super stylized and creatively cute short film, which I absolutely love and definitely recommend checking out, called The Last Kinders. Um, And you can find that on YouTube on his channel, which is Spencer Moreland, or in the description of this chat. And so go check that out. And now without further ado, let's jump in. Hi, Spencer. Hey, how's it going, How are you doing? I'm good give me a hot take on what we were just talking oh, oh about before God. I record well I don't know on, how I don't on, know how hot it is but well uh, you know you were talking about it's mm. it's important to you to find different avenues yeah, yeah the traditional uh you know service industry how it's set up to mm. make animation what what do you mean first of all what is the end goal of like the, the avenues are exploring you mean income or like just creative projects or like yeah. just making an impact in this big world? that we live in.
1: I think it all sort of ties together in different ways, but yeah, the, the main thing is like just that, um, specifically where we live in Ottawa and Toronto and Ontario, we, our animation, uh, community is sort of right, like built around the, the service industry. So, um, a lot of that is projects coming from outside of Canada it's sent here, you know, we work on it and we make it for them. And, uh, I think a lot of talented artists get drawn into that and sh- sharpen skills and get like get really good in the industry but sort of get lose the connection to the that creative impulse yeah and, um, and just forget that there's a different way of doing things that yes animation on that scale can be this like needs a huge machine or uh, like big apparatus with lots of people working on it but you can also just jam something out by yourself or with a couple of friends <laughs> over a month or a week or whatever and you're just so like animation is one of the most versatile art forms there is just in the scale scope of it and um just how 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 much it can be you know how people different people you can bring so many different things to the table and um just really express such a specific idea through it and i feel like in the service industry a lot of that sort of gets normalize into what like a cartoon should be right Um, and i think just for the sake of art and it's uh, for our um, industry and our community just having a you know variety in our animation ecosystem right um, so you're saying like you know
0: the classic path of ontario animators is get it really excited about animation want to make your own stories do really cool art Probably go to animation school, get picked up by the industry, and then fall into this formula of service work for, you know, the the idealized form of a cartoon which is owned by the broadcasters essentially to that's t- right. sell to people and marketing and advertising, et cetera, et cetera. And you're saying that's cool, but like let's let's break that down and just make some cool
1: stuff with animation, I guess. Just that um I think the big I want to say but it's just like it's not one or the other you know yeah I think people go oh well that you know doing cool indie stuff that's not me I'm a I work in the industry as a professional when I think like you can kind of exist in both worlds even simultaneously or even going back and forth and um just one doesn't exclude the other is this something
0: recently you've been doing or is this something you kind of always done, I mean, I
1: guess well I I mean I got into animation because I wanted to make stuff and tell stories. And um, and so that's always sort of been on my mind, you know? And I think, like, going through working at studios and working in the industry was sort of a way of, my like, learning the trade and getting to know the business of it and paying my dues, you know, being someone who understands from the inside out how to make this stuff. So, like, and, um, but eventually it was like, well, okay, now I've got... You've got a lot of information in my brain, it. it's like I kind of want to start getting out there and putting it to use. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you're not like trying to make something to hit the festival circuit and do be successful there. You're just trying to like make something that you enjoy. Is that is that right? I guess.
1: Well, yeah. I I mean, I'm I'm not like not trying to make something for festival. (laughs) (laughs) Like I think that's not. I think everyone should submit everything they make to festivals. Um, Yeah. I don't. There's this, almost people think of festivals as, oh, it's like a rarefied space where only prestige animation can play. It's like, no, festival, there's so much variety in the kind of festivals and the kind of programming different festivals are looking for, even within one festival, you know? So I think so, and festivals are just a great way for people who make their own stuff to connect, you know? Yeah. Basically so a passport to meet other creators.
0: So what are some of the ways that you're executing this version of animation?
1: <laughs> well, um, for uh, when I graduated from school, I started working in st- studios here in Ottawa. And I was doing that for b- about seven years. And eventually... What's, what school did you go to? I went to Algonquin in yeah. Ottawa. Yeah. Went, uh, did the pre-animation course there and then got into animation, which is a three-year program. And uh, graduated in 2013 and started working at Jamfield which was a much smaller studio at the time. Uh, and so I was working there and then um, bounced around a bit, ended up back at Jamfield. Um, and then I worked there for about about four more years and then went off to, I left and I made, I made my own short and connected back to what we were just talking about, submitted it to all the festivals, did that thing. Uh, this Unfortunately, this was during COVID time. So even though, even when it got into festivals, it, it was just... Online festivals, but uh, um, so I've done you know done the festival route and just submitting it to any festival I can I can find. Um, but other ways I've done is just putting stuff out on YouTube, you know, being cool. like, yeah, just. making funny cartoons and put them online. But also, you you know, you've
0: done show pitches. You've yeah. wrangled other artists, including me, to work on pitches that you've kind of i i idealized. I- Figured mm-hmm. out yourself, <laughs> oh, yeah. Conceptualized, conceptualized, conceptualized. Right. conceptualized. I, know, I know that word. Yeah, yeah, we know that. That's a word. <laughs> so you're like, you're like, doing multiple paths, I guess.
1: Yeah, doing too many things. Sometimes. And you're also on the board of Taffy. Yeah, I'm the director of programming at Taffy. The director
0: of programming at Taffy, and you started your own animation festival recently called Animation Show and Tell.
1: Yeah, and we we specifically. Well, we called, didn't call it a festival for two reasons, Right. Uh, one being, you know, like I was saying, like people think of festivals as like, oh, it's prestigious. It has, you have, your film has to be of a certain quality, however they're thinking about that in their mind about, oh, I, this isn't festival worthy, you know, and also additionally didn't want to call it festival because we want people conflating it with the Ottawa Animation Festival. Who's we? Just you and some friends? Or oh, like... so yeah, I should mention um, me and Dave La Liberté. He was—they uh, were my uh, co-conspirator on this, on this one. So uh, we were—I'll—I'll I'll give you the origin story, please. Um, so we were at our friend's uh, Halloween party, <laughs> um, sort of griping about the fact that we didn't have like a cool animation scene here and so, sort of seeing that in, in Ottawa. Parts. Yeah. um, That sounds crazy to me because you have the Ottawa International Festival. So the Ottawa Festival is great. I love it. I go every year. Um, It's like my Christmas. I love it. It's Christmas. It's not about Ottawa, though. Yeah. It's about the international animation community. It brings the world to Ottawa, Ah. which is fantastic. Um, But it's not, its focus isn't highlighting local talent or local projects necessarily. Of course, that inevitably is part of it, but it's not the the focus so it doesn't necessarily like contribute to a scene and when i say a scene i mean like we have all the make like i when we were talking about it we have all the makings of a scene we have a bunch of talented people who sort of know kn- some of them know each other but there hasn't been that like coalescing of it where like there's just a lot of people who uh, it's weird like people who follow each other on instagram that don't realize they both live in ottawa yeah you know there's just that that connective tissue that makes it a scene and events. Uh, like a lot of our events are about the festival or they're sponsored by the local studios. But there isn't a uh, for us, by us kind of like I see, I see. thing, element. So we were seeing that in other, we were talking about animators we like um, and just, you know, these cool indie scenes in other other places and wanting that. And then just sort of realizing as we were talking about it, like, well, we know we have so many talented friends. Um, let's just make one of these things. So we're like, we, uh, decided we're just going to rent the Mayfair theater, which is like one of, I think it's Ottawa's oldest theater. And it's just sort of like a cultural institution. It's like a huge part of, of the city's history. So we're like, well it has to be there and maybe we just rent it out and ask our friends to give us animation to put on the big screen and see what happens. Um, thinking you know well at least we'll be able to offset the cost of renting it if our friends chip in
0: yeah so you're expecting like 15 people like you just rented this theater and you're like we'll see what happens and then you spread the word
1: yeah Yeah, i should also mention just for a bit of color here i was dressed as the devil at this party Hmm. so we made a handshake deal that we were going to commit to that sounds perfect yeah so making a deal (laughs) with the devil yeah you are the
0: devil. Okay, I so you, devil so you thing, like yeah. rented this hotel or the the not hotel the theater? theater yeah, because you're like we got a cool animation scene here. Just you and your friend. You rented this yeah. hotel. I keep saying
1: hotel theater. <laughs> I and mean then, maybe there's some, maybe we should rent a hotel for the next yeah time why not? And then uh, you just spread the word. And what happened? Well, so at first we were just sort of low key reaching out to the people in our immediate network, just seeing anyone who we knew was making their own stuff and uh put it online just to kind of gauge interest and you know some people were were interested and in we're gonna give us stuff so um but we're like well let's ex- try to you know expand our net a little bit to people we don't know you know we've been in the industry for 10 years like 10 10 years plus which means we know a lot of people but also means maybe we might might not know the younger people you know yeah. just coming into this industry and like we want our goal with this was to make it feel as welcoming as possible. Yeah. Back also calling it show and tell is a way to almost like lower the stakes. It's like, just come and show us what, you know, what you've done, what you're working on. What's, you know, because people, it was even open to um, your work in progress. It didn't even have to be finished. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's like, this is what I'm currently working on. Look at it as. Oh, art. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So just trying to like, basically, get rid of every barrier we could think of just in how we um, I guess marketed it, how we, so we made a bit of like marketing material, just threw together some animation and, and some live footage stuff and uh, just, you know, put it on Instagram to kind of get the word out. And um, yeah, like you I paid think for
0: ads or something.
1: Think, no, just made a, oh. a Instagram. Like I think it, we got the initial push just because we were able to, Just get all of our friends following the Instagram account and just sharing it. So that kind of helped signal boost it. Um, And I guess that was enough to make it seem like a real enough event (laughs) that um, the first thing that was really cool about it was that I was just expecting, you know, oh, bring what you're already, you already have to the table. But I think a lot of people saw this and said, I'm going to make something new for this event. Oh wow! So, yeah, like about uh, like I think around like 10, 12 people. Oh my goodness! Yeah, like made something specifically for this, or took something off the shelf that was kind of half finished and and dusted it off and like brought it to the show. So it wasn't just a way of spotlighting work; it was a way of almost like in- encouraging the generation of of new stuff. So that was really exciting because I was like, "Oh, cool! My friends are going to make." I'm going to get to see all this new stuff from my talented friends whose work I love, you know? And uh yeah, it just starts like, um, it just kind of gained momentum after that. And it ended up being like, like a really great event that pulled in not just animators, but people who, you know, the friends and family of the animators showing their stuff and just other people who were in the city and like wanted to see some cool animation. And it just had this, really homey like community vibe to it It was like the most encouraging room you could ask for so yeah it ended up um i don't know it took it it took a a shape that i didn't necessarily anticipate you know when we when when dave and i um made that (laughs) so how many how many people ended up showing up um yeah, we had about uh, two hundred sixty people. Two hundred sixty people. Yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness! What the heck? Yeah, you're, I know, you're like the
0: deal with the devil on Halloween, and then two hundred sixty uh, people yeah. in the community. That's yeah. crazy.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen that many people here in Toronto at one event. I know it was wild, and it's a big part of it. Is I didn't even really figure this out until the, the one of the theater owners mentioned it to me afterwards. because yeah. I was just talking with him after after the show and he was saying we you know we host sometimes like things like this where there's like mini festivals of local filmmakers but he's like what's cool about yours is a lot Well, a lot of the content is short form you know some stuff is only a minute yeah Um. so you're able to put in a lot of stuff which means a, it's a lot of people coming because to see their stuff on screen and them bringing their friends their family yeah so it makes sense it ends up being by design sort of a thing that, you know, brings a lot of people together. Just, how many
0: film how many films did you show over the Um, I think it was around like
1: forty forty something? Oh my god. I gosh. don't think that number off the top of my head, but
0: what you know, I'm wondering, you know, this this sounds cool and everything, and it sounds like now you got a strategy. What if somebody's listening and they're like, uh, I would never take this is me myself listening. <clears throat> I wouldn't take the risk to rent out a theater preemptively. Yeah like i don't know how much that is but i'm assuming it's not that cheap and then just no. hope that my costs costs are offset like what was what was mm. uh mitigating that for you or were you not even caring you're just well, like it, i want to see what com- what comes of it and i'll i'll eat the cost
1: well part of it was dave and i splitting the cost so we were offset, yeah. and, and we just accepted that it was a gamble and it just like we're like yeah if we we had to just sort of be okay with the idea that we might have to you know blow some of our money to make this happen our idea was we'll throw down we'll invest in this yeah and even if we lose a bit of money this time the hope is that people will see this. and i at the back of my head i was like we'll show it on social media make it seem more exciting than it actually was on the day like puff it up a little bit so it looks like a real event yeah and so that next year it can become what we want it to be
0: so it's you're, you're just becoming the festival guy now
1: i guess i guess so because
0: you're already you're already part of running taffy in toronto
1: yeah well in school, it's because cool. those things sort of like yeah okay. I'm le- i learned things from that that's going to help me with taffy oh, and vice versa oh, yeah
0: how did you get involved in taffy in the first place being in ottawa and working on right you know already working full-time and blah 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 and side projects and then now you're on the board of taffy programs mm-hmm. director how does how did that happen
1: <laughs> well it's funny because i got involved in taffy first it was before I even left the studio to go do the freelance independent thing. Oh yeah. Okay. It was cause, uh, my friend, uh, our friend, Joel McKenzie, yeah. um, was commissioned to do the signal film for, for tw- the 2019. Yeah. 2019. Yeah. Film Fest. Um, and, uh, he brought me on to collaborate with him on it. So, uh, he designed all the assets and I did the animation and the music and, uh, so we made it. And then of course, you know, since we worked on it together, you get a free pass to Taffy. I had never been to Taffy. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. You, you uh, know, that
0: the, the film that you two created was like my bar for like what I had to create when, oh, I, when you asked me to do the Signal yeah. film. I was like, I don't know if I could create well, something that's cool. You killed it. <laughs> oh, thank you. But yeah. yours was like the, I was like, holy crap, there's a lot
1: of work in this. <laughs> yeah, we, it was just like a, like, we were just bouncing. It was so fun. It was just yeah. like this. Yeah. I was looks, throwing stuff serious. my way and I would just like, yeah, jam it on. It was a really fun collaboration. Um, So yeah, I'd never been to Taffy I think that was the first year they did uh the film festival as its own event, like in <laughs> yeah. February, because they used to do just one mono event, right? Like in summer. Yeah. It was yeah. like conference, job, uh, job fair. Was that job fair part of that too? Anyway, so now they have the three events now throughout the year. And so I went down. um, I was going to go with Joel, uh, but his son was born that week. So last minute, he couldn't go. Um, So I just was set there by myself, didn't know any of these people. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And now you know everybody in Toronto. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was the start of it.
0: Wow. I mean... Maybe this is a good segue into what uh, there's, there's another big question I want to ask you. Maybe this is a good segue into another question that I have for you, which is how do you end up becoming such a, like, you know, everybody, you're super connected, mm-hmm. you're able to motivate other people to like do cool animation things. Like I'd never met you. And then suddenly I was like on this, uh, like collab artist projects, mm-hmm. you know, that you conceptualize where I was like doing some animation. Like, how are you able to, uh, I guess the gross word is network. How are you able to (laughs) network so well, you know, and a lot of people have issues with
1: that. I think, I think part of it is I just don't, I don't think too hard about it. I think in the, in the networking sense. Yeah. um, Actually, I think like it goes honestly back, like it's you could trace it all the way back to childhood, honestly. And I'll explain what I mean (laughs) is that, a lot. My earliest friendships I can think about it, were always based around some sort of creative exercise. That's just how I connected huh. with, with with people, e- w- all the way back then. Like my first best friend is because we like hung out. We like invented a game, like like a like just with a soccer ball and a net or something. We, we were just coming up with a game, and then we would create like video games on computer paper. We would like. yes make I the, did the that exactly. With the little like
0: tear off, yeah, like <laughs> circle or like. Punched. Yeah, I had. I did that exact Perf- same thing. The perforated strips.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with so you would pull it out and draw like a Mario level. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And know.
0: and it would be like a. You'd have a big box like this, mm-hmm. and it'd just be stacks of this computer paper, and all be like together with yeah. perforated edges, and then like the little circle. Oh wow, memories.
1: <laughs> yeah. So we do that and like make you know design the the bad guys and stuff, and um. Ever since then, like I'd say like almost all my significant friendships in my life huh. have so, been centered around some something like that and so i think the way i approach networking is just like that i'm just like i just want to meet friends to do cool stuff with and yeah. I, that's just all all it is really that's really cool so you show
0: up to taffy by yourself don't know anybody except you would help make the signal film you're yeah. sitting in the audience by yourself and then fast forward now you're part of running taffy like what was <laughs> So rewind to you arrive okay. in Toronto. Yeah, it's in the chorus building, I think. At that point,
1: no, uh, this was the film festival, so it's at Hot Docs. Oh, I was
0: at Hot Docs,
1: yeah. and you're sitting in a dark theater.
0: Mm-hmm. Did you walk out knowing the people beside you? Is that how it worked? Or well, like, did you I got- go to a uh, like a mm-hmm. mixer and just like say like Hi, I'm new in town." Like,
1: I do. Re- okay, I, I don't. Let me see if I uh, let me see if I remember. I do remember getting there, and because there was a bit of a they have a that mixer beforehand yeah so there's people hanging around uh having drinks and i just uh approached someone started talking to them it was uh sam sam bradley He's of course <laughs> the, yeah. so just you know talk to him um but as for, and ended up because i was talking to him talking to some other people like uh bianca who was um working with taffy at the time so I'm, okay i'm starting to meet some of the people for taffy and i have a good icebreaker i made the signal i made the signal film with joel so yeah so when then my
0: my anxious i don't i super don't like meeting new but uh, i don't not like meeting new people but mm. it just like gives me anxiety and i'm like my sentence wouldn't get past i made the signal
1: film and then i would have nothing to talk about and i'd feel awkward <laughs> so oh, right. uh well i didn't i didn't lead with that i just started talking and you know if you're talking to someone long enough they start to go so what do you what do you do they ask yeah, you about yeah. yourself and uh Yeah, so it would. I think it would just come up that way, and then, eventually, like, you know, Barney was look knew I was coming. Barney is one of the co-founders of Taffy. Yeah. So, but he was running around trying to get stuff ready for the festival. Eventually, we connected and we became like instant friends. Just hit it off really well with him and met uh, also Ben McAvoy, who was um, also one of the co-founders. Right. And yeah, so then yeah, then they were just like going across the street to the bar after the screenings and hanging out with them nice. and and yeah from i so then that's kind of how i met them and um uh, yeah, i'm trying to think of how, then how it falls out of that because somehow i i was i got involved in different ways like doing the drink and draws for the right for the online events i think that's where i started getting more involved with the actual events itself Is like I mean, old. you knew the
0: you knew the founders, so I'm sure.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but, and Barney is really good at taking people who are sort of in the orbit of Taffy and giving them jobs yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. pulling them deeper, deeper into his into his web. Yeah.
0: Okay. Wow. What yeah. have you learned about um, you know the behind the scenes of running something like this and seeing you know hundreds of artists with all different mm. priorities come through uh, to, you know, mm. the job fair, the festival and the conference, like, you know, w- what is your perspective on mm. kind of the industry here in Toronto and Ottawa and like how things are run?
1: I'm just curious. Yeah. you See it all. Um, one thing, one of my big takeaways is that sometimes you think like if you're the person submitting to a festival, you get, there's this mentality of like, they have what I need and I need to ask them for it. Like, please show my f- film. Like, yeah. like it's, it's very, uh, you, it can feel very one-sided, but the truth is on the inside, like we want, like the people running the festival are like desperate for you to send the films. They want Interesting. films, you know, like they want, we want more, more options to choose from. So, um, and also just even seeing the the process of, of, selection um for a festival it, you know when you don't get into a festival it can feel like a sort of um like a state you know a statement about the quality of your art but programming a festival there's so many other considerations other than just if it's good or not because what is what makes it good you know and if you have a certain metric for this is what is good and that's how we judge every film your film your festivals to be very generic everything yeah so part of programming festivals like you want variety so um you know just because you know not everything's like you want stuff that does get to that like you know i don't know disney pixar level of like what a lot of people would say is like oh the you know the higher levels of animation but you also want something that feels like rough and and, and immediate and spontaneous and more uh personal which yeah. you know some people may be like oh this is a more refined version so but those ideas of what's um you know that there's makes one sense. benchmark for what makes a good good film that
0: makes a lot of sense and yeah. like your mm-hmm. whole life revolves around animation at this at this point i want to i want to go back a lot. to something <laughs> you mentioned before is you know, you you had a steady career working at Jamfield for four years. You worked on some really cool shows over your time, mm-hmm. like Pinky Malinky, et cetera. You know, you're doing the traditional uh, Canadian animator path type mm-hmm. of deal. Yeah. What was the instigating moment for you to kind of say goodbye to that and start freelance? You know, you're mm-hmm. leaving stability, you're entering instability, you're leaving you know, structure, yeah. entering uh, probably a lot of creative freedom, but also a lot of risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're leaving, working on one thing for a while versus a hundred things at once. You know, what What yeah. was the skating moment for you, to, for you to actively say, I'm not going to take, I don't know, a two, three year contract or whatever, mm-hmm. or pursue
1: that and go the other way? Well, I think it's, I was always, it's two things. I was always looking for opportunities that um where what I was doing for work would also be sort of be ongoing education for the other stuff I wanted to do in the more like long-term sense you mean like
0: a self-learning
1: yeah like I'd always look for opportunities to get more involved ah. in, in ways and like uh, like you know one example is I'd always like you know try to like I'd stay a bit later and then sit in on the editing for the episode oh. and just kind of ingratiate myself into those things you know just my editor cool. and, and director are just like doing at the computer they look behind them and yeah. there's, there's spencer just in the corner yeah like <laughs> i would just be like hey late night right and they're like yeah it's like and then just kind of use that as my way to just come in and sit in what like and just see how the episode comes together you know because i was really yeah i was you know i love i love animation but i like the the big picture you know that's kind of like i like seeing it all because to me, it's like so cool to see everyone's working on their own little scenes. And then somehow we've planned it well enough that you put it together. You're like, well, this actually makes sense. This is like an yeah, episode of TV. Thing, yeah. cohesive thing, art, a cohesive story, etc. Yeah, yeah. And that like just never got old to me. But so I was always looking for ways of just being more involved. And uh, I was working at Jamfield at a time where they were really growing. The company was really growing. So there were a lot, a lot of opportunities to get more involved just because there was so much work coming in so i was you know i got promoted to senior animator and then i was supervising and there were just these opportunities for me to you know i was looking for room to grow and they were giving me that room and so i'm also i do this thing where like two usually two times a year i like look at where i'm at and i say like am i just on autopilot just like doing this because this is what i'm doing i check in with myself i'm like how am I feeling just about like about life in general and career just so I'm never like just accepting what's in front of me and but you know a lot of times I'm just looking at like this is good you know you know a lot of times I'm not trying to like find problems (laughs) I'm just checking in with myself and a lot of times the answer is I like I like what I'm doing I'm like this but
0: I, can I ask you just about that? Because like, I have that too for myself, but it only happens mm. about once every three years for me. Mm. Where I felt like, I feel like personally, I just feel this welling, this building feeling of like all the things I've kind of put on autopilot and like pushed out of my brain, kind of slowly build up until it's like, you got to address this. And then I make a drastic change in my life. Mm, right. Which is every three years, like for the last like 12 years, I've done something pretty big. <laughs> like animation, <laughs> yeah. for instance. Yeah. Right. Um, how do you, how do you, kind of do that is it a natural thing for you twice a year or do you have it like in your calendar where like today i'm gonna sit down Mm -hmm. and really evaluate things
1: i think it's because i spent a lot the kind of that formative turn in my life coming uh, being a teenager into my like early 20s not wanting to commit to anything and wanting to just sort of be a free-floating bohemian guy you know and never like resented the idea that i had to like pick a path right um and it just it like I, I found it like it just didn't make me happy. I just I was like I need to find something that like I've got to de- have a little more of a role in designing the purpose of my life, you know. So I think starting from there, that just kind of put me in more in a mindset of like, I don't know, curating that for myself, like managing. And I think just part of that is like, ref- I I think I'm just a reflective person by nature too. So okay. I think it Makes it's not leaving something. It was like I decided like. I'm going to check in on May 1st of every year or whatever. <laughs> um it just it just was sort of the natural ebb and flow of things where I think it usually, you know, it usually happens in the spring, right? Because things are changing and it makes you like or in the fall. Spring and fall I think are very um, As soon as daylight selective. savings comes
0: around, it's it's uh, yeah. Spencer's reevaluating his life. <laughs> yeah.
1: Just, you know, just taking stock and it's not even that like it's not like I get out a checklist or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, it's sort of just a how am I a, med- a meditation and just like that's really good and important. Being honest with myself and um. And anyway, so just to tie those things together, yeah, yeah. So you know, I was like, you know, for years, I'm like, uh, am I happy working at Janville? I'm like, yeah, this rocks. I like I'm working on shows I love. People are amazing. I'm getting all these opportunities, and then just at a certain point, I reflected and I realized like. Um, yeah, I don't think another year doing the same thing because I realized I'd kind of settled into a role of supervising and I really liked that. And I was like learning a lot of skills about managing a team and kind of talking more about, uh, like one thing I love about supervising is um, looking for the right acting choices with people, like feeling it out. And even on like like, cartoons and stuff where the acting could be sort of broad, there's still a like a you can put some truth in there. So I always liked doing that and I was really enjoying that, but I was getting to a point where I was like, is another year of doing this gonna give me the amount of stuff I need? Yeah. Um to feel like I'm progressing? And I just the answer was like it was it wasn't an easy question. Like I wrestled over it because I was like, everything else about it was great. The stability. I worked with people I honest like genuinely love, like like working with so many of my friends and people who became my friends from working there, um, working on good stuff and just so much of about, it, uh, so much about it work, but part of checking is just like, what are the priorities, you know? And, yeah. And also it was that plus there was an opportunity for me to do something different. Like uh. there were, there were things where I was getting, things were floating by me, that I couldn't really take advantage of because I was working full-time. I was like, I don't really have time to also do that. I learned hard lessons about burnout. Yeah, <laughs> you right. never guess it with the amount of stuff I, that I take on. But uh,
0: what do you mean opportunities? Like somebody's like, Hey, can you storyboard this for me? Or can you like animate this thing for me? Or
1: yeah, stuff like that, where it was just, it was more like, I can't take another full-time job on top of my full-time job. I see. But I see. but I was like, but that looks fun. Like, oh, I wish I could do that. You know? Did
0: you have fear about approaching Jamfield and saying, "I love you guys, but goodbye"? Like, were you ever afraid of like being blacklisted
1: by doing this? No, I that was. Uh, I think there was just like the personal element of like, I don't know, not wanting I don't know, like to disappoint people. I don't know the just, in a very yeah, abstract just, way.
0: Yeah. Did you did you burn any bridges by by no. Okay. Just curious. Cause like, that was a big fear of me when I quit my business job, but it ended up the opposite.
1: <laughs> I really think it's, if it, there's a, like, there's a right way to go about it. You yeah. know, it, there's just like a considerate way of exiting. Um, And I like, for example, I gave like almost like three months notice because I was like, I was saying like, I'm going to leave at the end of the season. So like, mm-hmm. so I was like, okay, that makes sense. Because then to, you know, put someone in my role there's kind of a a natural point to to do that and like it even worked out that there was as as people were kind of coming off my crew they were going right to the person who would be replacing me so it worked out really nicely and it was like i just taking that extra bit of consideration to like manage the exit and not just be like hey i'm leaving um
0: and did you have something lined you had you said you had an opportunity at the end of the season that was lined up already for you to take on
1: Right. Well, the, so the first thing I did when I left was I made a short. So that was the, um, I made Mountain Move. In right. And the, the ensuing, I think it was like three or four months. Um, but that was just a
0: personal thing, though.
1: That was just my personal thing. So wow. the sort of freelance, la- like landing pad I had where I was like, okay, well, I have that was, once again, Joel McKenzie comes up. Um, Classic. He was, yeah, he was uh, directing a uh, animated episode of Miss Persona which is right. a live action uh, kids show, but they were doing an animated episode. And so they hired him to do it. And uh, he was like, he just basically said like, if you want to animate, you can animate the whole thing if you want. And it would just give you like, I think it was like five months of work or something like that. Like that. So that definitely made it less scary to, you know, it was like, I know I have my first freelance job. And while I'm working on that, well, I can kind of sort of, then I'll be in that world. I'll be doing that. And I can kind of figure out what the next move will be yeah. after that. So that was a great opportunity. Cause I also got to do some, like I kind of learned the, what was really cool about working on smaller scale projects outside the studio, which is that um, there's not many people working on it. And sometimes things just need to get done. So you kind of, sometimes you have to like jump in and do some like secondary designs for props or characters in other costumes, Or, um, you know, Joel was working on the storyboard, but he had to do other things. And he's like, if you have any ideas for the storyboard, just go nuts. This is for the, um, the music video portion. So, and it ended up being that it was sort of like a, a tag team storyboard job between me and him. We just storyboarded the thing together. So that's sort of what I was looking for from freelancing, right. Is, is, is once again, I had that room to grow. It just came from a different direction now. so.
0: So how many years have you been freelancing now? since
1: uh since what's well, been three years now yeah since
0: 2020. Okay. and you still do the check-in twice a year and you're still like this is this is the thing yeah.
1: on the right path. Well w- one thing I love about freelancing is like there's these natural moments where you do that anyway because you, you you there's no risk like there's not that big much of a risk of getting on the sort of treadmill right where, because when you're at a studio you have to check in with yourself because you're not getting moments where that naturally occurs you're just being fed more work from the studio I mean if you're if, if you're lucky enough to work at a studio it's giving you steady work um, but when you're doing freelance usually the the contracts contracts end yeah and you're like what am I doing now <laughs> right you have a natural off-ramp where the question poses itself almost like you you kind of have to go it's not am I happy doing what I'm I guess broader you like am I happy doing the freelance thing yeah but sort of w- within that it's like Um. Am I happy doing this? And you might go, not really, but it'll be done in like two months or whatever. Exactly, right? And then so, I'll and then I can find something new. Yeah.
0: Exactly. So you said you graduated 2014? 13. Think, 13. So it's been 10 years now. 10 years. And you've been living your best freelance bohemian life I, this life that I'm
1: realizing now I've sort of melded the two, haven't I? <laughs> that you wanted. Is there something you're
0: working towards? Because you said, you know, mm-hmm. freelance is enabling you to learn a lot is it just the joy of learning new things or are you wrangling these skills to turn into a super saiyan version (laughs) spencer
1: yeah i think a big part of it is i just love like sounds like it you're like i love this is how i make friends (laughs) yeah um that's a a big part of it just like i love that like i'm inside the thing that i loved from the outside growing up you know it's like i get to see oh cool and i i mean that still hasn't gotten old to me like
0: is there something missing for you that being in this Mm -hmm. for so long now and you know you're you're literally like sometimes i feel like i'm eating sleeping and breathing animation but Mm -hmm. i'm also not running to a conference and a festival and all this other stuff on Mm -hmm. the side so like is there something missing for you that in this industry or in your in your career that you're you're still hoping to get or like yeah
1: well yeah i'd I'd love to um run my own show that's kind of Ah. like yeah to, so I'd show, to, showrunner so like showrunner but, and i'd like to make uh wouldn't that put you back
0: into it? the studio kind of yeah, environment
1: probably would yeah
0: so so like that would be the thing that brings you back to where all your experience of like supervising etc would
1: yeah so. i haven't like it's i i'm definitely not uh, saying like i'd never go back to a studio
0: yeah not how now. serious are you about becoming a showrunner like are you like strategizing and like coming up with a plan and like meeting those stages. Mm. Cause like, that's one of my goals too, but yeah. I to put it on like, pitching is a big priority for me to really get my ideas out there is like, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera. But I, I also don't have years of experience in a studio setting. Like I'm, I've just been freelance since I dropped out of the
1: animations. Right. Yeah. So, uh, how, you know, how are you making this happen yourself? I think it's, uh, with those bigger goals, sometimes it just, it comes in seasons where there's like times where you're really focused on driving towards it and making, trying to get noticeable progress from yeah. it. um, And like, but sometimes you're like, you're, you're taking other opportunities. Like the way I like to look at it is like, I have these, you know, bigger goals, things I'd yeah. like the, oh, I'd, that I'd love to do one day, you know? And those are sort of like those, the North star, like the, those, that, what kind of guide you you're never going to reach the stars but the stars are going to like pull you along and you're going to you're going to encounter opportunities along along the way and to me it's sort of like whether I reach a specific goal like those big goals are almost like it'd be great obviously I I want to reach them Um, but it's I mean it's cliche to say the joys in the journey but that's like a big part of it it has to be though otherwise yeah.
0: you know you'll burn out immediately
1: yeah because I, I don't know i think with with anything like big ideas in life it's like yeah if you're because if you go your metric for a successful life is that you do x yeah and then you don't ever do x then no matter what how great your life has been it's a failure but context yeah. of, it's just i don't know it's not I don't think it's a good framing for uh, human life to be that oh, fixated yeah, on, exactly. on a specific goal. But, um, but at the same time, you got like, you got to also take your goals seriously. So it's a bit of a, like, there's like a Zen path to walk there where you have to be like, you have to almost like have that part of you that believes, well, obviously this is going to come, you know, that you're just wa- taking the steps necessary to succeed and you're planning for success because that's really, to me, that's the only way it's ever even going to happen yeah, you almost have to hold it sort of loosely where you're like, but if it doesn't, it, I, I, it won't be the end of the world. I still have an amazing life that I, and things that I love. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's, like, I had to deal with this a couple times in my life where, you know, I had the Pixar dream and it's like, I'm going to do right. everything to get there. And then you don't get there. And it's like, well, what do I, mm-hmm. what do I do now? But it's like, you know um, if, if you don't have that, Or if you're not strategizing towards that, you'll just keep doing the same thing over and over. Like I talk to people who are like, I would love to, maybe example, I would love to be a showrunner or run my own show one Mm -hmm. day, but their daily lifestyle has nothing to do with the steps of getting there. They're just kind of staying as like maybe a background designer. And it's Mm -hmm. like, well, you'll never get towards the showrunner if you just keep being a background designer. So it it makes Mm -hmm. a lot of sense if if like this is an overarching goal that you had. And you're reevaluating yourself like twice a year to figure out, am I doing the things that are on this mm. path? Yeah, et cetera, learning, et cetera. Cool, cool, cool. And I am
1: and I am doing things that drive directly towards that. Obviously, I'm doing the, making uh, pitch docs and pitching. And how's that going, by the way? Yeah. I well, so I'm getting back into a season of focusing on it. So ah. obviously, a lot of other things have been. I was kind. Of, I was doing pitching uh, last last fall and you know, what do you mean
0: doing pitching like you're sorry. talking to you're i was creating I, pitches I, you're talking to people
1: i was i developed something up to a point where i felt it was is good enough to start pitching in I also made a uh, uh sort of a short demo nice. it was end up being four minutes but uh <laughs> demo that's sort of like classic to, classic yeah, <laughs> to be um so yeah i made that with my the help of my friend uh jordan uh who has a like a small like boutique animation studio where he does small projects and he wanted to do something with me. So, nice. so yeah. So we, uh, with his company Annie aid, um, we made this, the short, and the, originally it was just, the idea was that, um, I wanted to make something and he wanted to have something that where he could show the team he could put together around something that he could do it for other people. Yeah. So we would both sort of have a show piece from it. Um, but we ended up sort of like falling in love with the, the idea and we're like let's develop this into a show so we started like uh got some pitch materials together and and showed it to some people at the Ottawa festival did the nice. the fast track stuff and you know had some meetings and been in conversation with a few people about it since but as all the stuff you've been mentioning the show and tell the taffy stuff and i'm also working on a short with um <laughs> with uh tabitha fisher so of course yes yeah. um <laughs> so just you know like so other things were, were kind of crowding out the you know and they were also by the way great opportunities i was like i'm gonna focus on these things and and now i'm sort of having a little more free time to kind of get back to that and free time the next phase of that i think you kind of like the development stuff and pitching it yeah. moves so slow and it's oh, so, goodness, if there's right. so much uncertainty. You just like, it's, you can't ever make it your, I don't know. I don't, I wouldn't want to make it my like full-time thing. Yeah. I like that. I can, part of what I like about freelance and independent stuff is that those natural off ramps, you know, you go, you do a six month contract, let's say, and then you have some free time. You're like, well, I'm not going to pick up another job right away. I'm going to invest in this personal project, this, uh this pitch or whatever.
0: Totally. That's, that's, that's like my philosophy with pitch uh, on the pitching topic. That's my philosophy with pitching too. Like, you know, it takes so long. Um, and you know, they already have their cogs turning and there's only so much you can do for me. It's like, I'm going to put my best foot forward and try to make this happen and do everything I can possible. But like, it's so slow. For instance, like I have pitched somebody and then a year later they're like, Oh, uh, we love this. We want to. We want to option it next week, and then three months go by, and they say, "Oh my god, I totally forgot." Uh, do you want to jump on a call? And you jump on a call, and then they are like, "All right, we're going to talk to our our team tonight, tomorrow." And then like three months more months go by, and you are like, "I don't know what's going on." <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. But do you? Okay, question for you because I also do this every once in a while. I I kind of evaluate the activities I'm doing, and I'm like, "What is bringing me?" you know, return on investment essentially, mm. or, you know, the autopilot thing. Am I just doing this for the sake of doing this? Because I'm also very, I'm somebody who like ends up building a routine and just doing it for the routine's sake and doing it over and over and over. Like for, <laughs> I guess an example is this podcast, you know, I started it and right. here we are five years later, I'm still doing it every single And You had, week. You
1: had specific reasons why you started it.
0: Yeah. You do
1: still apply now or the reason? Not at doing. all. Yeah, <laughs> no, probably not.
0: And, and the you know, I evaluate the podcast every once in a while and go, OK, what is the worth? And, you know, it's changed a lot over mm-hmm. the the reasons I do it have changed over time, but I'm still doing it every single week. Um, but I also go through periods where I, I kind of call activities, if that makes sense, where I'm like, mm-hmm. I've been doing this. It's not paying off anymore. Yeah. Um, and I just need to instantly stop. Do you do that, too, because you've got so much going on?
1: I think I used to do that more i've got like a little morgue of unfinished things um that's something i like one thing i sort of struggled with was uh i think the root of the problem was like just biting off more than i could chew with certain things like trying to do like well i'm going to do my magnum opus it's like well maybe do something a little like smaller scale first and like let that sm- let small successes lead you to bigger things totally. so i think when I think when I do take something on now i'm i i I often start with like is there like I don't think what do I want to make? I don't start there I start with what is there room for and then I almost like, oh, I have this much you know let's say, oh I have uh two weeks where like nothing's going on, like is there something I could do in two weeks a vacation. <laughs> Uh, vacation, vacation. My vacation is going to animation festivals. Oh, i oh my goodness! <laughs> I know I'm insane. But
0: when's the last time you actually took a real vacation?
1: Oh my god! You I know mean, what? If... I you know what? I go camping. In, the, in oh, in that's the, good. In the there same, you yeah. go. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah, you literally can't animate while you're camping. So that's right. I yeah So there are times where I I shed all things animation, all earthly. All inside. right, all right, all right. Yeah. What
0: is your philosophy on just the animation i mean i kind of asked you seeing uh perspective on taffy and what is your philosophy on like animation in canada you know you've kind of mm. you've kind of done it all at this point you've worked in the service industry the freelance you're going mm. to the festivals you're starting your festivals mm. you're, you're working with people who have grants you're working mm. with people who have funding a different what is your perspective on like you know where things are going is is this freelance mm. becoming more and more you,
1: like like for myself or for the sort of like both as a whole, or neither. Yeah, I think there's a lot of interesting op- opportunities to, like I was talking about earlier, like do things in a different way, um both with like getting funding from grants or getting funding from like it's not nothing new, but like the Kickstarter stuff. Um, but I, yeah, I think, uh I think it just there's a maybe hopefully things opening up where people don't feel pigeonholed to industry work and see a place where they can, um, that it's again, not an all or nothing thing. You can have the stability of industry work, but also be working on your personal projects. And there's like room for that. Um, I think sometimes people think, Oh, I'm not, I'm not an indie filmmaker. I work at a studio, you know, it's like, as if that prevents you from, you know, spending off time, Working on a personal project, I think the two can really inform each other. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping there's just more ways for people uh, doing their, their own stuff to um, find channels where that can kind of flow into. Um,
0: uh, I didn't really ask you this, but how, how do you make sure you have consistent work now that you're a freelancer? You know, you've been mm-hmm. doing this for three years now. Yeah, do jobs just keep coming to you, or are you like putting yourself out there?
1: Yeah. Yeah, Honestly, mostly they just, it just stuff comes my way. So, yeah. I was thinking, cause yeah. you're so
0: connected with people. They just yeah. know. And the other question is like, what do they hire you to do? Because mm-hmm. the projects that I know you've done are totally different from each other. Yeah. Sometimes you're animating, sometimes you're storyboarding, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So like, what is your, what do people hire you to do? They just need somebody who knows
1: how to do everything. Cause <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I mean, there are things I'm definitely not, good at like I'm not good at like backgrounds and stuff like that and painting and stuff so it's really it's all been animation and storyboards so Hmm. okay
0: just animation and storyboards
1: well like I said there was that one job where sometimes you're picking up little things where it's like okay uh, there needs to be we storyboarded some aliens into this shot like you, you need to design them because we don't have a specific Person here. So sometimes things just, what I like about small projects is, and including my own projects, is you get to do a little bit of everything your own way. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Um, just, you know, one small opportunity leads to other things. Like, the reason I get any storyboarding work is, well, one, because I storyboard my own shorts. But I think more importantly, I could, like, because I was on that small project where Joel was just like, do you want to take a crack at adding some stuff to the storyboard? I did, and I kind of ran with it, and that ended up being approved. And we animated that, so now I can be like, I storyboarded on that. I have I have professional storyboard experience now. Right. So, are yeah. you
0: trying? Are you like? Because you know, um, to get into storyboarding, one might study all the storyboarding techniques, mm-hmm. you know, read books like shot by shot, and, yeah. You know, study the greats. Are you doing those things, or, or are you more like working? I'm just. I was just wondering, yeah. like, for me as a freelancer, I'm specifically trying to like build up my unique uh, style of animation mm-hmm. that I hope people will come to me for. Yeah, um, right. Is that is that something you're like doing with storyboarding and animation too? Like, you are trying to build up your own style, or you're you're more like, what do you do yeah. to do it?
1: I'm definitely trying to cultivate my own style, something that's like, because I think part of like what I want to do with the show is that the the look of it and the story of it are sort of married and they're both like driving at the same point so yeah cultivating a style that reinforces what I'm trying to say from a storytelling perspective is something I'm consciously trying to do like um but about like you were asking about like uh am I reading books about storyboarding and I think I learn best by by doing and then encountering where, where I hit dead ends, then I go, well, that's my question. How do I get out of here? Um, yeah. Ra- rather than reading the whole book on storyboarding and then um, jumping into it.
0: Yeah. Like I have this problem to solve right now. Now I need to like look exactly. at other, how other people did it. Exactly. That's kind of how I do things too. I, I I feel like I have certain intuition for a lot of,
1: mm-hmm.
0: a lot of problem solving. And of course, you know, I went through school and I've done projects and like, uh, so I have some experience, but yeah. Until I reach like oh I have to draw a character in this pose that I've never done before with super weird anatomy, then suddenly I'm like studying hands, filming yes. my own hand, looking at other artists' inspiration, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, I, I I sometimes I feel bad that I'm not I'm not going to life drawing. I'm not doing the you know because that's such a thing and and it comes with like a stigma too. I guess almost like oh you're not like studying the grades constantly and whatnot.
1: Uh, I have to make a plug right here because I saw <laughs> uh, a, a, we just had Taffy Job Fair. Yeah. And we had uh, Tail Lindo, who's a... Tail Lindo. Tail Lindo, retro tail on Instagram follower. Um, she gave like the best talk I've ever heard. And she's really addressed it. Like with all that stigma you're feeling, she's like, drop, forget about it. Like yeah. your practice should be tied directly to what you're trying, what you're working on. So that... So I love when you hear someone be able to make a great argument for what you felt was your own private way of making up for the fact that you're not doing things the right way, if that makes you're sense. You're just like
0: feeling guilty and like. Yeah.
1: I feel like I'm doing it wrong, but this is the only way I know how. And then someone very like smart and talented makes a great argument for that being a, I'm not even going to say it's the right way. It's just it that being a viable alternative that you don't have to read through the whole book on storyboarding before you're allowed to even start yeah it's like no just start just do something you'll learn first of all you'll learn a ton by just trying and your questions will be informed will be motivated you'll they'll they'll be specific like you'll they'll be solving specific problems you have rather than being like how do i do this because if you just ask how do i do this and someone dumps yeah 60 answers on your head you're only going to retain like the first like two or three anyway so, i mean
0: i like that so what mm-hmm. you're saying or what tail T- was saying is like mm-hmm. learn in the task itself uh yeah. elevate your skill in the task that you're doing versus mm-hmm. uh, uh i mean it's also uh, some people learn better to study everything and then just have this giant repertoire of information that can yeah. go from for that's what why they I, that's why
1: i say it's not necessarily like okay everyone switch like do it this way Yeah, everybody switch (laughs) it's just more like if you've felt out of place or if you felt if you've bristled at the the advice that you should be doing xyz these academic exercises to maintain you know to deepen your mastery as an artist and you're kind of like i don't like i don't feel like doing this i'm not motivated to do it i don't like i can't find in myself and like if you love going to life drawing every week then do that like one thing she says like follow the fun and I really like that way of putting oh, it. Oh, that's it's a like, good way of putting it. Yeah. yeah like do things that excite you because you'll learn more from them because you're actually actively participating in, in absorbing it um, rather than, you know, just being like, Oh, I got to do my like weekly practice, whatever. Cause also the thing is if you just practice in that way, that's you get good at doing very formal academic exercises. Yeah. That might actually sort of hamper your ability to creatively express yourself with those skills that hmm. you just kind of get i don't know that's one way i think of it it's just like you can get too into uh, like i think of it when my uh, profs alan stewart from school like he was like definitely learn structure but then when you're drawing don't think about structure like you you want to like learn learn it and then and then kind of forget it and then kind of approach approach it with expressiveness and use structure use those tools that you learn from school i mean what you just said is
0: like a big grip i have with the animation industry in general everything i see on tv or netflix or whatever it all feels the same just with like different styles i'm i'm like i'm waiting and i'm hoping maybe i can be somebody that like brings Mm -hmm. a new way of thinking about animation to animation but still in that structure and there are like certain shows that kind of like broke that mold like in my mind like Adventure Time is one of them like Peppa Pig is another one and like over the years you know there's always one that and like Spongebob for instance that like takes it not seriously and just a ridiculous avenue Ren and Stimpy and then you know but still within that structure and and like yeah so uh I like the idea of like following the fun and also like learn structure but like don't don't start with structure i guess
1: yeah because the structure is just principles derived from other people's like success doing totally. something yeah um you can't add to that wealth of knowledge without trying some new stuff that isn't isn't under the umbrella of those old principles totally. but i think like those shows you mentioned the way i like to think of stuff like that is like they just gave permission to a bunch of people to do like you're allowed to do that now and like you know well, all unlock- those shows
0: were like you know j- just like all the origin stories of those shows are somebody like kind of didn't care mm-hmm. took a risk and was like fine do your thing and then it like changed the industry forever like uh mm-hmm. which is also a big grip i have with producers who just want give me another uh i'm not gonna say what i've been told but like give me another exact like like we're looking for this show
1: but our version i'm like well then just make that like don't take new pitches (laughs) yes totally don't ask for my idea so that you can be like close enough we'll change it into the shape we want just like why don't you just like create the structure of it and get people on it exactly i've I've
0: been specifically asked by studio to give me original give them original pitches and then i do and they're like well we don't do that at our studio mm-hmm. and i'm yeah. like well why did you ask me
1: <laughs> right
0: so yeah. uh i i don't know at one point something's gonna break through i hope and it, it's uh well i mean things gonna do be break fine.
1: through every like it's not like you know every i feel like every year there's some there's some stuff out there where you're oh, like yeah, yeah, yes yeah. like this is this is great you know even it doesn't even have to Necessarily come from that like weird angle where no one was paying attention. They slipped it under the radar. I love that stuff too. But even someone like Gendy Tartakovsky with Primal, right? You know, he's he's yeah. like a, a institution unto himself, and yet he's someone who's with his, you know, with all that he uses that notoriety to then like create something that feels fresh and new. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly within, within the system. So, I think you know, there's still. It can feel sometimes also especially if you're trying to if you're on the ground level trying to kind of get into it you can feel like there's a resistance and there is to uh, like original ideas because they're inherently more risky because if you're if, if someone if someone throws in on your idea that's a proven formula and it works cool and if it doesn't they go well it wasn't my fault i used the i used the textbook i went with the game plan And it just didn't pan out this time because yeah, you know, there's a bit of a like a lottery to this thing, right? But if someone sees something in your idea and goes like sticks their neck out for you, well then if it doesn't work for any number of reasons, it could be a great show just in the wrong time slot or like a million other reasons it gets shelled for too long and when it eventually comes out doesn't feel as relevant. So many things that can it's like that can go wrong with the show, but that person is, is like now looks like they're bad at their job and they lose their job. So yeah, yeah. Um you need
0: somebody who's, yeah. Well, that's that's how I feel about my pitching experience. I, I really am just looking for somebody who really gets the idea and wants to mm-hmm. spearhead it because I talk to a lot of people. I've talked to almost every major animation studio in North America at least. And everybody's like, I love this idea, it's really cool, but like here's some like very specific demographic or like research or like mm-hmm. what's trending right now that we, we are looking for. So it's right. like, great, you love the idea, but you're not willing to take the risk. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. so I don't know.
1: Which I understand. I, I understand their point of view. Yeah. of course. You know, they're, they're just trying to do, be good at, at their job. Um, yeah. so it's either like, I think it's just the specific conditions of me. Um, the the original thing you're trying to do just happens to line up with what they're wanting to put on. They're like, Oh, this is the, you know, this thing we were looking for. And I think that's why they take original pitches because they don't necessarily know where the next great show is going to come from. So they lose out on nothing by hearing you out for 15 minutes or just to, maybe this is the show, you know, they want your show to be the show that they make they
0: man. it just, must be exhausting being yeah. a development executive like mm-hmm. oh i got another
1: meeting Is this a- no another random person <laughs> well, i figured like just hearing so much you must it must be hard to not lose the excitement yeah yeah well i
0: i've talked to some people and uh you know they they get pitches every single day of the year like mm-hmm. three, at least 300 pitches a year But that also gives you opportunity to really stand out because they are hearing the same stuff over Mm, and over, the same stuff over and over again. Um, So like uh, that gives you an opportunity to just Mm kind of break that structure and do something really fun and creative and then just kind of wow them, I guess.
1: Mm -hmm. And then hope they're in a position to allow something yeah yeah that's, that's, that's the that's yeah. the
0: sweet spot somehow that i've i've been searching for mm-hmm. so what's what's next for you you know you, you've got Taffy, mm-hmm. you've got show and tell you've got the mm-hmm. pitches you've got freelance work right now like mm-hmm. do you have the next like year planned out or do, you know mm-hmm. are you are you working towards a level a next level or something towards show running
1: yeah i think you not think so yeah um, so right now i'm like i said working on i'm um, Working with Tabitha Fisher, who's a a yeah, she's a profit Sheridan. Yep, and I uh, had her
0: for my short film class. That's right. And uh, uh, digital
1: layout as well. That's right. Yeah, yeah. She's she's a short film production workflow class. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So she's and she's a a filmmaker, and so I'm working as her animation director on her on her new film. Cool. So that's that's current, and then um, animation show and tell just just happened we just had that uh back a couple of weeks ago and um so that's off the plate until next year we are going to do another one um and then taffy is also in a lull because we're between the big events so yeah you just finished <laughs> we just had job fair we're already planning industry conference though we're already but um but it's going to be a much more leisurely stroll because we're starting now and it's not until november so it gives us a nice amount of time to uh you know, think about the programming schedule we want to put together, what, you know, what story we want to tell with the programming we find and uh, just get like amazing speakers and just hear amazing things from them. So all that saying is uh, I've got a little free time to then work on the pitch stuff again. Nice. So um, yeah, so right now I'm just going to start uh, like fleshing out the materials and I'm, we're going to be uh, releasing the short. Uh, probably by the time this comes out. Oh. Uh, the short that we've been using as sort of a pitching tool. Uh, yeah. We figure, you know, probably the best way to use it as a pitching tool at this point is just to let everyone see it. Just throw it out there and say, this is what we're developing into a, into a show. And yeah. what the show has become is, is kind of changed. Obviously, as you've developed something, you kind of find what works about it. So it's kind of, evolved a bit from what the short is but um there's still a lot about the short that it uh, feels like the essence of it we want to get into into the show and
0: cool cool that's kind of my philosophy with pitching too is just like mm-hmm. make it available for everyone everywhere anytime. Yeah. because like and i i get a lot of people saying because you know i run a couple of pitch workshops now and people reach out to me and they're very worried about other people stealing their ideas. And like, I guess mm-hmm. you could worry about that. But for me, it's, it's more like, I don't know if I put this out there and comes, everybody sees it and somebody steals it, I guess. Well, well but like hopefully it yeah. comes back to me as the original idea and uh, the heading up that thing, I guess. I don't know.
1: The way I look at it is like the idea is just one part of it. Um, the idea is like just something to dig into. It's, it's, the story the characters and the execution of the idea yeah that it becomes that puts your personal stamp on it so i'm
0: like with the stuff i like that you said that with the stuff i'm creating i i don't even know how somebody else could steal like it's so specifically like if i like i don't even like if you don't have it in you you can't create what i'm trying to put out there i guess Mm -hmm. and if you're just creating something like for instance with silly duck wizard if you steal the idea of like ducks and a wizard like okay but like it's not gonna have the same humor it's not gonna have like the same direction it's not gonna in my opinion it's not gonna be the hit that it's meant to be yeah if you're just
1: whatever so yeah and there's so many like we watch enough stuff to see like there are you could pull any example of two shows that are effectively the same story yeah um people were you know making a lot of comparisons between like the Last of Us and Mandalorian, it's like literally Pedro Pascal in a lone wolf and cub story. Like <laughs> there's there's these things. Like if your so if your idea is just simply like uh, like a rough and tough guy protects a, a a small child from the dangers of the world. If your idea is just that, well then it's gonna get quote unquote stolen because it's not that right. uh, you know. But it's all the the way it's fleshed out, and this, the way you tell the story, like the 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 depth. You can't. You, you can't steal all of that. <laughs> There's no way someone could like completely rip off the, your execution because they're not you. They don't like. Probably. They could maybe I don't know try to look at it from the surface and decode every element of it and reverse engineer it. But at that point, it's like well, just do your own thing. Like that's more. It's almost like more work to like. And by the way, everyone's gonna see that you just stole Terry's <laughs> show. Like <laughs> like why you try to be Terry? Like that's the thing. Exactly. Like, a stolen idea just has less like merit so yeah 100
0: like, i don't know cool so yeah. look, sounds like you've got a lot on your slate coming up you know and uh we chatted quite a bit about a lot of things it's been about an hour now is there anything we didn't chat about that you wanted to share you know uh considering who's listening to this podcast your experience blah blah, blah. um
1: i think we like honestly covered most of the bases that hey. i expected you covered your whole your very life much. yeah very good interviewer Oh, um, thank you. I don't know. Uh, I guess i just say, like, remove, like, whatever whatever barriers. If you want to do something and you feel like there's, like, something standing in your way, um, just either, if there's, like, I think if there's some sort of thing where you're like, oh, I can't work on that yet because I'm not at the skill level I need to be to execute that. Fear. Fear. I think the way you can find out if, if what's holding you back is real or a fear is to go, Okay, well, I can't do this yet. So let's find scale it down to like what you feel you could manage because there's some, something you could do, right? Oh, like fair. okay, you go. I'm gonna make a three hour sci fi movie. And you're like, well, you can't do that because that's like, I guess you could, but it would take you forever, and you might feel that's daunting because it is daunting. But you could design the spaceship and make do a little thing where it makes it fly around. And if if you're shrinking it down, and you realize even with the smallest scope that you still are creating like those excuses, then I think it is just a fear, a fear thing. And that's maybe like a deeper thing you need to address. Um, But find ways that you can just remove any hurdles and barriers in your own life. Like, I think a simple way, it's like a great example for everything else is like um, if you, if you want to make, say you want to make music, I also play around with music and I think sometimes you go, Oh, I got to set up all the stuff. I got to like plug things in and open the programs what you can do is like, I'm just going to plug everything in and walk away. Like I'm not like you just say to yourself, I'm just going to set it up. Okay. Cause one of two things is going to happen. You're either going to go, well, I set it all up. I might as well do something right? right there and then, or you walk away. And then when you get the instinct to want to do it, the hurdles are ready. Ready. Yeah. already ready.
0: That is a very similar thing that I follow myself. I always tell myself, like, the power of 20 minutes, like, the amount of stuff Mm, you can actually accomplish in 20 minutes. And, like, 20 minutes seems like nothing. Like, I can sit on my couch and play a game on my phone for 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, you can get 10 minutes into starting a task and then realize after two hours that, oh, shit, I've been doing this for two hours. Yeah. So, yeah, but especially like, uh, you know, I'm working on like a stop motion project right now. And the whole thing is like daunting, like, oh, I got to set the lights and blah, blah, blah. But just like exactly what you said, if I just plug in the camera, let's see where I end up. And if, if not, it's all good. So anyway, it's
1: great, great advice to leave on. Yeah, and I think <laughs> knowing how to do those in smaller tasks, well, a big project is just a bunch of small tasks. Exactly. So yeah. everything you learn doing smaller things is directly applicable to Totally. Yeah. And I like, you know,
0: you can't make a, you're not going to make a three hour thing, but you can at least draw a spaceship. And if you can't draw that spaceship, then maybe you need to dig a little deeper and and say, why can't you do that? That's, that's good. That's some good advice. Well, Spencer, it's uh, been a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Um, Yeah, thanks, man. (laughs) Uh, It's always a pleasure to talk to you and uh, hear about what you're doing. That's really cool. So thanks so much for coming on. My pleasure. Cool. And if you're listening and you want to reach out to Spencer or follow his work, you can do so by hitting him up on Instagram, Twitter or his YouTube channel. Uh, and you can find him under spend more. But I'm going to include all those links in the description of this chat. And that's all for now. So thank you. For, thank you so much for listening. OK, bye. The music for this podcast was composed by Willem Mendo and the graphics by Han Wang. I encourage you to look them up if you've enjoyed their work.